Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Eden Brook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I want to introduce you to my friend Philip Peters. He works for True Artist Management in Franklin, Tennessee, where he is a management associate for Christian music artists Toby Mac, DC Talk, and Mandisa. Philip is also the founder of Restore Haiti, a service organization which supports over 60 schools with supplies and tuition, as well as drilling wells for clean water in communities. I hope you enjoy our conversation as we talk about artist management today. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here talking with my friend, Philip Peters. Hello, Philip. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. It's great to see you and hang out with you. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing some wonderful expertise with us and what you guys do in artist management. I hope so. <laughs> well, I hope so as well. <laughs> so I want to give our listeners a quick introduction into how you and I met, because it's yeah. such a fun, a fun, quirky, weird thing that has nothing to do with music at all whatsoever. But you and I actually met back in December of last year, so almost a year ago, yep. and we were auditioning for Wheel of Fortune. This was our same, callback. Our, the callback to Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, so yeah we, we had we, gone level and one has been... done the Wheelmobile thing, I guess, separately. And we got callbacks a month or so later. And so last December, we went downtown Nashville and I showed up and I was trying to get on the show. It was, my whole life, I've always wanted to be on that show. Oh. And then find out at some point in the process that you guys, I think there was a break or something. Mm-hmm. And I went back and, and said hi to you and yeah. found out that... Uh, we have a mutual friend named Keith Everett Smith, who has been a, a guest on our show, and uh, found out that you do artist management for Toby Mac. And I was like, oh, wait, I know his horn player, yeah. Keith Smith. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know him really well. And then another guy that we met with. So I just thought that was the coolest thing that we got to meet there and find out it's such a small world. You have mutual friends doing some random thing on Wheel of Fortune. So, And you guys got on the show. You and your wife we made got on it the on show. the show. That, that for people that aren't you know, from Nashville, that's a classic Nashville story, though. You know sure. what I mean? You meet randomly. It's true. Someone, you know someone who knows somebody. Yeah. And, you it's know, a small world. It's it's small, even though it's growing, it's small. Yeah. We did. We got on the show. That's actually um, my wife and I, and maybe we'll stop when it's our year anniversary of being on Wheel of Fortune. We play a game when we're in a public place or with talking with people, like, who's going to bring it up first? Like, Oh, yeah. We were on Wheel of Fortune, so... Um, <laughs> We were in February. We were on together, Sweethearts Week, and yeah. we won. Yeah, that's was awesome. Great. Oh, we were so excited to. We watched it and recorded it, and we we're just like, go, go, go! Yeah. And you guys made it, and I was really, really excited that you guys won and got to go do some cool trips. Yeah, we have two, two trips. So yeah, so that's awesome. Well, let's get into talking about the music business. Yes. So, 
Tell us real quick where you're from and how you got into music to begin with. Great. I'm from Indiana originally. Um, born and raised there. Went to school called Anderson University, yeah. which I highly recommend in Indiana. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, growing up, always loved music. I played music. Drum major in high school, you know, played oh, okay. trombone, played piano and that kind of stuff. And so obviously that's your intro to music. Like, I'm in music. I play music. Sure. I'm not amazing at <laughs> playing music. Yeah. Um, I've led worship before. I uh, cannot remember lyrics. Never had a desire to be a performer. Okay. But that's all I knew of it. Yeah. You know. So being in Indiana I had a lot of uh, a lot of exposure to shows. Was able to go to a lot of shows and concerts and listen to music. Christian music was uh, a big one for me. DC Talk was my number one number one band. I got to see him several times and yeah. just was very happy with that. And so, but I mentioned Anderson because they actually had a music business program. I think they still do. Okay. Yeah. And so I was involved there. Uh, Gaithers are up there. Sandy Patty's up there. Stephen Kirsch Chapman. Right. Sidewalk Prophets. Um, all came out of Anderson. All came out of Anderson right. School. John McLaughlin. So it, it has a history of some, yeah. some good artists. So I wanted to, you know, check that out. And so that was kind of my beginnings part of, you know, mm-hmm. starting with music as a freshman, 18 years old. Like, I think this is where I'm actually going to go. I've heard of Belmont, but small kid from Indiana. Can't pay that tuition. Sure. You yeah. know, so this was another great option. Yeah. So doing the music program there, what was your what was your focus of study in the music program? Yeah, they've actually changed that, which I'm grateful for. Okay. Um, their study was very um, music heavy. So my freshman year, I was in the music business program, and it was theory and, you know, a lot of music stuff, which I wasn't really into. So I actually, my sophomore year, I did check out Belmont, didn't feel right, and I switched my major from music business to marketing. So I graduated with a marketing degree from Anderson. Okay. All right. And how does that shaped, I'm sure we'll go back and forth between yeah, the, the topics, but how does the, the marketing degree shape what you do in music now? Oh, 100%. Like, it, it is, a, it, it's a team of people. Now we have digital marketing. I didn't when I started here. We didn't. And so between Facebook and Google ads and mm-hmm. all that kinds of stuff and being creative and, you know, yeah, you need photos and, you know, you need to post every day. Now you need a photo every day and now you need a video and how can you get more creative with that video? So like that's, that's, that's all the marketing aspect, all the marketing it. aspect, which is incorporated with some of the touring so, elements that I work with. So, okay. yeah. So when you're in Anderson mm-hmm. and you're studying marketing, mm-hmm. are you thinking of it as uh, I'm going to apply this to a music business when I get out of college? Or were you thinking of going into a completely different field with marketing outside of music altogether? I continued on some of the... I got the music business minor. Okay. So it it gave me some more music business class, music law, and that kind of stuff, okay. which I thought was great. Okay. You know, it was the Gaither's attorney who taught that night. And nice. It was amazing. He did it during the day and taught at night, which was awesome. Um, I did my sister, older sister, who was at Indiana University, um, her line was, you should probably get a marketing degree because your first job won't be with DC Talk. So that was my <laughs> my uh, fallback, if you will. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, still learning. There is more to the music industry than just the band that's on stage. And mm-hmm. so outside of that, okay, I see this guy running behind a board, you know, out in the middle of the crowd. Yep. Don't think I can do that. You know, right. <laughs> I'm Running not sound, sure. sound geared, geared to do that. So let's start to, 
dig in a little more. So when I was at Anderson, I started working at the auditorium, which I'm good with people, gathering people, organizing people. So I was the student manager of their auditorium my sophomore, junior, senior year. And so I would interface with road managers and managers at that point. Okay, so when people are coming to Anderson to put on a concert yep. for the students, you're working with the people that are coming in, uh-huh. putting all those things together. Yeah. And and so what would you? What was some of the tasks that you had to do working along with artists or the artist managers coming in for that? Yeah, they would send ahead of time their writer. Okay. And obviously there's a building manager who dealt with all the big details, you mm-hmm. know, but she would hand the writer and say, hey, go fill the dressing room with this stuff. Okay. You know, who we do, who do we have to bring bring the drivers and the artists and the band members and crew to the hotel when they arrive. Okay. You know, how yeah. many people are going to have set it up so we can get the set up the stage. Yeah. And all, you know, sure. bring in all the gear and that kind of stuff. And so that started to get my mind going, okay, wait, I could do that job. I could be on the other end of that. Like I I could, I'm love them working for the venue I'm in college, but right. I could do the other end of that where I'm going from city to city to city making sure it's getting done. It's getting done. So right. for was, the artists. Yeah, well. I was thinking road management would now be something I'm moving forward to do. Right. Okay. This is good information for someone listening right now that is in college or mm-hmm. really, really early on, and and they're wanting to maybe work in the the management side of things. Let me ask you this: What was the exact title that you held in college when you were working for the auditorium? I don't know, actually. Didn't have, a, didn't have a title. <laughs> I mean, it was a student, so, you know, it would be maybe the, you know, technical director, maybe, or whatever. Okay. So I'm trying to stage manager. Okay. It was a stage, because we also had chapel. So right. whoever was coming to chapel, you know, I did, I wasn't running sound or lights or whatever, but I was more over all of that. So, right. But okay. So, okay. Maybe it was just technical director. Okay. So for someone listening that it's in college and they're wanting to get into that aspect of it. I think that's a really good point that even where they are, it's not even thinking in the future. Like, okay, mm-hmm. some someday I want to do this thing for these artists, whatever, mm-hmm. but I've got an opportunity right now because colleges all over the world mm-hmm. have artists and speakers and different mm-hmm. pr- you know productions coming in to put on a show or mm-hmm. a conference or whatever it is, and somebody has to help yeah. do those things. Well, and even before that. that statement, but even before I got to that point, my freshman year i found out they were hiring students so it was like can you set up you know chairs yeah can you set up this and i'm like yeah i would rather work at that for a student job than the cafeteria or right something else like at least that kind of has an interest for me so it kind of built itself i didn't really go into it going i need these steps you know i don't know how to make it in the music industry i'm still learning right but in effect you are doing that job even in, in school Oh, for sure. You know, so that's what I want listeners to know as we're talking about this yeah. is like, okay, even in the moment that, that they are in right now, maybe they're in college or even in high school, you know, mm-hmm. there are productions, mm-hmm. you know, it, it always goes, it always travels backwards. The earlier you get into working on some production on any level, that's just giving you experience mm-hmm. that you're going to expand on later on down the road. Yeah. So I have my marketing side, but yet I'm having the practical learning because I was working Anderson, but then... The Gaithers are up there, so whenever they would come in on a Sunday night, Monday morning, they would hire us, some college kids, to come and recable and bring everything sure. off the trucks. Uh, there's University of Ball State, so we'd go and they'd hire us and we'd work shows there. And, you know, I was just doing whatever I could to yeah. load gear, run spotlight, you know, learn all facets of 
different industry. And, it, and it, it's important to learn and know the different facets. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you've got to learn how to roll up cables. Mm-hmm. You know, people, there are people that don't know how to roll a cable. Yeah. You know, and as... I probably don't anymore. Probably. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> but at least you did, you know, and, and it's a stepping stone. You know, I mean, that seems like a really trivial thing maybe, but, you know, somebody has to be able to do all these things. It has to be done yeah. in a certain way. Otherwise, because you can mess up the cables, yeah. you know, and it seems really tedious to say that, but it's true. Yeah. Um, so that's important for people to know about. Uh, so after you got out of college, and you've, so you've got this experience behind you now for working, you know, the shows coming in and different things. What was your first job out of college that had to do with music? The current job I'm in. The current job you're in. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. So you've been in it for how long now? Uh, it'll be 17 It'll be 17 this Seven, October. 17 mm-hmm. years you've been working, yeah. working the yeah. same company. So I I didn't have an internship, but because I worked and knew a lot of these players in Indiana, uh, kind of worked as an internship. So I walked into my interview here having working with the promoter that they had worked with, you know, and that guy kind of taught me how to settle shows. And Okay, what does that mean to settle a show? Um, how much money did we bring in? Okay. Tickets and how much are we getting paid? What are expenses and that kind of stuff. So, okay. and so I'm still shocked he let a college kid sit, uh, <laughs> sit in on some of that. But And that's the promoter? That's the promoter and typically like a, the road manager, production manager, or whoever okay. on the road. So someone from the band will have a representative, someone from the building, and then the actual promoter. So. Okay. So and it all... can get ugly. You know, oh, really? Finance. Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. You know, if you're flubbing numbers as a promoter and the uh, band's like, you didn't spend that much money and, you know, all that stuff. So That's interesting Yeah. to, to know. So how does somebody deal with a situation like that when especially a new a new guy who's coming into a job and you're kind of thrown into that position of having to figure out and settle those disputes how does that typically work is there a good way to to do that or yeah i mean normally those those people have been around a while and they know you know and they've got somebody uh, a manager or an agent or something that's dealt with that deal uh-huh. you know so it's not too bad okay you know I'm sure it can be when you're dealing with millions or thousands of dollars, you know, so, um, but yeah. So you work for True Artist Management. That's it. Which works with DC Talk. Yeah. So DC Talk. So your dream band. Yeah. You got to work with. It kind of, they, uh, finished and started their solo tours in 2002 and I started in 2002. Okay. So you came in the tail end. I came in on the tail end. Or the intermission, we should say. Yes, that's right. And then in 2017, (laughs) they got together on a cruise ship. So I think I officially worked for them then. Yeah. Yeah. So DC Talk, Toby Mac, Mandisa are the, and Toby Mac and Mandisa are the clients that we currently manage here now. That's cool. But that's awesome that you, even though it was on the tail end of, of what DC Talk was doing at the time, you know, that was your dream one of your dream bands to work with is what you're saying. You know? No, I mean, we're in the office right now. And so walking in here, yeah, even for the interview at 22 years old is shocking. Sure. You know, it was a bit overwhelming and, you know, talk about wanting to do well <laughs> So <laughs> and nail the interview. Of course. Cause this so, is, and I didn't start till October. So I interviewed in July and I called about every seven to 10 days and, you know, didn't have an answer if they were going to hire me yet, you know? And I mean, I just was like, this has to be my job. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about that. When you're in that waiting period for somebody's, someone listening that wants to get into artist management and they're coming out of college thinking, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I really want to do. 
maybe there's a specific artist they want to work with, or mm-hmm. maybe they're just say, I'll work with anybody. I just mm-hmm. want the job and yeah. the opportunity. How do you typically go about that to get that gig? And like, how persistent do you have to be without being bothersome to somebody? I think you have to know your stuff. And I think... Know the, jo- know the job? Oh, no, the music industry. Yeah, yeah. Listen to a podcast. Read the book. Know what you're talking about. Don't just come in and say, I've always wanted to work with this artist. Right. No, don't talk about that. Right. Talk about, I've always wanted to... Do the, this job. Tour. I've always wanted to be a part of album making. I've always wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I serve the artist well. Like, you know, the, we, we have a job in artist management where it could be one of the coolest things ever, or it could be one of the most, you know no one's there to do it you have to do it right kind of a thing sure you know so it's it's all over yeah whereas you know i do envy you know production guys are working on an album you know like mm-hmm. i'm sure they do have tedious stuff as well but like you know management is everything from an airport run to you know label meetings yeah okay so but know know that stuff like be educated in in all of that world right. it will be very helpful and you know i came into knowing the players because i wanted, knew i wanted to be in christian music i i was like i want to i went in and i want to know my first day which artists are at which agencies which ones are at which label so whenever they were like hey we need to talk to who and so and so i'm like i know who that is right you know i'm very prepared yeah going into it versus you have to teach me everything oh, of course um what are some of the hardest parts of being an artist manager in your opinion? Um, as I get older, I think some of it is, you know, the artist works nights and weekends <laughs> if they're on tour. Right. So sure. that can come into, you know, you're working during the day, office hours, but if a flight goes AWOL or something, you could be working that night, you right. know. Of course. Or something happens at the show or, you know, they're up post-show until 12 and they want to chat about something or you know something like that so that could be a little challenging okay one of the hardest part as well is uh doing artist management is you have to be spinning lots of plates and so and it's one of the things that when all the plates are spinning no one notices but as soon as one falls down yeah everyone notices so um and i think part of it i've noticed too is like you know let's say somebody wants a 30 minute interview your artist only wants to give them 10 minutes so you compromise to 20 your artist isn't happy because it's not long it's too long and your the interview person isn't happy so you kind of live in the area of no one's ever happy you've not made anyone happy right <laughs> kind of a thing wow if okay. that makes sense yeah so that, that's that can get a little tiring does that happen very often uh not too much okay but you know so yeah and so what are some of the 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 best parts of being an artist management for you when something successfully comes together, okay, such as the cruise, it's great to see that happen. Right, the Jesus Freak a, cruise, a tour. Yeah. You know, um, Toby has built his solo career and is playing arenas, mm-hmm. which is fun to go into. I've, you know, seen him play Lipscomb, which is probably four thousand people, and then could have over ten thousand at the Bridgestone Arena here in town in Nashville. Right. So that's great. You know, to kind of stand backstage and just see the massive amount of people that, you know, are following this. And, yeah. you know, you with a team of people have kind of put right. your hands. Yeah, there's a lot of people involved. So there's yeah. artist management, road management, production, yep. stage crew, road crew, the promoters, promoter team. The, mm-hmm. ar- the artist, the band. There's yep. a lot of people involved. Yep. So what does it look like to be in artist management? 
on a day-to-day basis? What's, what's a day in the life look like for Philip Peters yeah. managing Toby Mac, if yeah. you can give that kind of information? And I can't answer that. You can't answer that. Because every day, every day is different. I don't know, I don't know like, what I'm going to walk into. So, like, what, uh, are, what are some of the things that are uh, kind of a regular? He has a physical product remix album out on Friday. So I hit the web store team to make sure, are we good to go? Okay. That's going to happen. Um, we had an email from a guy say, hey, you announced a show that was on sale. Or not on sale, sold out. I can see it's not sold out. What's up with that? You know, so answer his little customer service thing. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things. So they can have some flights. And then I uh, had a conference call earlier today about a um, a promo I'm doing on a for a cruise that we're doing next summer. Okay. So try to get creative on a promo there and could be a little risky. So it could flop, but it could sell a lot of cabins. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's yeah. awesome. Okay. Um, and then I know you. we were talking about we're sitting in your um, conference room and... Mm-hmm. There's a box of T-shirts mm-hmm. sitting here next to us, and we were talking about before we started recording, you know, just some of the different things that you have to do as a manager, and you're like knocking on, you know, a, a T-shirt box. So, you know, you're having to deal with merch. Yeah, I mean, we have a great merch team, but yeah, there could be elements. I mean, before I've gone out and have I've sold merch before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that's been several several years ago, but yeah. You but that, again, that's another part of no, the, and the especially industry. And, it, no, and it could be one of the things where obviously we don't house the merch in our right. office, but um, if we need we need a shirt, like, hey, can you get this shirt for me, for my kid, or for someone who's got cancer, or right. whatever, like, you know. And that goes through you. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times, or, you know, send it to the merchandise person to see if they can mm-hmm. send it off, or I'll go pick it up, or something like do that. Do you guys, as, as artist management, do you have kind of take a lead on like designing you know what something's going to look like merch wise for an artist or is that completely out of your ballpark completely out of i'm not involved in merchandise in the design which i'm fine with that i'm not very creative in that yeah. what looks cool um but yeah i mean there is um toby's manager here she will make sure all that's on track and kind of work on pricing and budget and you know a t-shirt company wants to sell t-shirts and they want to make t-shirts and they're not always looking at how much those shirts are where we would have to come in and go hey we wouldn't make any money mm-hmm. <laughs> on these shirts so go find a different type of shirt or whatever yeah so yeah so so you're working with uh toby and mandisa are mm-hmm. your two main mm-hmm. artists that you work with yep. so what does it look like when you're having to to manage two artists at the same time you know like how do you split the work and the diff- what's the difference between working with a male artist maybe as opposed to a female artist mm-hmm. if there is a difference yeah so but I mean, just these... the, just the fact of having to work with two people at the same time though mm-hmm. you know as opposed to one what yeah. does that look like yeah i mean i again we've got a lot of people that do a lot of different things so that's helpful yeah you know um and the email you know we all live by email and it almost seems like more people are living on iMessage <laughs> asking for questions or yeah. you know those kind of things for iMessage you know um but yeah i mean it 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 can get exhausting you know we're both uh toby has a october run november run mandy says leaves the first of october we're launching ticket sales yeah so working for female or male artists are different i mean i think a lot of that is knowing who your demographic is so mm-hmm. mandy says working a girls night tour only girls come into the show so obviously you have to shape that a little different um, Toby's just, you know, your family artist and mm-hmm. 
not as different, but yeah. So what would you say to somebody that's wanting to get into artist management? Like what are some practical steps that you would suggest for them if they're wanting to pursue this as a career? Is there anything particular that they need to, to look at? Yeah, I would say are you, I would make sure you know what you are good at. Okay. Because maybe it's not artist management. Sure. Um, I work on a management team, but I'm not a specific artist. I've worked with bands before. I'm not sure if I will again. So we'll see. That makes sense. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say that. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the, the the structure of true artist management. How many managers work on your team? Yeah. So there's two lead managers here. Okay. They've been around since 93 okay. with DC Talk. We have an accountant that's okay. full-time here. And then there's a guy who works Mandisa specifically. And then I kind of work Mandisa marketing side of things, but then I'm logistics for a lot of the other, all things Toby. Right. So I don't I don't dive in as much with Mandisa unless okay. she's touring. I'll kind of work in that uh, space. But mo- majority, I do most of my work with Toby in gotcha. terms of you know scheduling, helping him with interviews, working with the digital team, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so as far as having someone wanting to get into to doing artist management and you're saying that, um, hmm. you know, know your, know your stuff, obviously. Yeah, know your stuff because you might actually be more interested into working with merchandise of that stand, you know, mm-hmm. point, or you might want to actually do more on the label side. Right. Management has their hand in all of it. So I would say, you know, if you're, if you're the artist is the center, then you're the, the manager would be the nucleus kind of around it and the spokes of digital team, merchandise, road team, publishing, label, all dive into this. Mm-hmm. You know? But you're, you're the hub of that mm-hmm. management yeah. is. It, they gotta, everything's got to come through you and be approved right. through you, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, the manager is kind of trusted by the artist to make decisions for them. On, on their behalf. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the, they would be the closest to an artist, you know. Yeah. So they, You're the right-hand man. Totally. For the artist. I'll go pick up something in your closet that you left so I could bring it to a photo shoot. You know. Sure. That that kind of. Um, some. A lot of managers don't go that deep. Yeah. They just want to be on career side. But, yeah, you, you, you could enjoy that. So, you know, you could be working a label side, help with the promotion, or you could be doing something that would be personal assistant, you know, right. (laughs) Those kind of facets. So I would definitely say a skill would be to make sure you are uh, able to multitask Mm -hmm. and good with that. Don't get overwhelmed easy. There are managers and you see those stories and you know how they display them on TV, um, a mean manager or whatever. But you know, in this industry, like it doesn't work too well, you know, so you can't be overwhelmed that, uh, someone who supports you sends an email or, you know, whatever, you just kind of have to be kind. And if you've got 20 things on your plate and something else comes your way, you got to be ready and take it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, and yeah, not easy, not easily stressed, maybe not easily stressed, well. of course, because you're going to live at a level of stress, right? Because you're going to be working in the future while executing things in the present, right? You know, always thinking ahead of what's next as well. While, Absolutely. While you're trying to take care of something that has to be done today. Yeah, you know, Maybe five or six things that have to be done today. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. I manage myself yeah. as an artist. You know, I'm an independent artist, so 
I'm the artist and the manager and the road manager mm-hmm. and the booking agent and you know, whatever else. So it all applies. I think everybody's doing a little bit of all the things at once mm-hmm. in their career to some degree. And then, you know, and then when they get to a certain level, you know, that they can't handle it on their own, mm-hmm. then they need to reach out yeah. and bring in a manager is that there, can do those types of things. Is there a part you. of you that you were like, this is what I would want a manager to do for me? I'm sure there are. Okay. Um, yeah, most, I hear two things. One is like if the logistics, the uh-huh. workload yeah. is too much. I hear that. And then another one I hear is I just, I don't like to be the bad guy. Yeah, sure. You know, I like to walk into a right. church or a venue and be the good guy. I wish I had that interface exactly. of a manager oh, who of I could say, hey, we didn't agree on this production. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Oh, that definitely, that's for me as an artist having to be my own manager mm-hmm. is and road manager is that's where it gets tricky and is the hardest most unenjoyable part of it mm-hmm. i guess is because if there is some discrepancy on a contract or on a payment or something mm-hmm. like that you don't want to be the guy who's coming in doing the show and that everybody's there to, to see and then after the show it's like hey you didn't this is not what we agreed on yeah. what you're supposed to pay me or whatever. It's just, it's an awkward position to be in, Totally. you know, when you're the artist and you're having to take care of mm-hmm. all the logistical things as well. So yeah, if you can have somebody that can be that buffer mm-hmm. that handles business really well and can take care of those yeah. things, then that's always a good thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. So the only thing I would say about, you know, getting into artist management is there's many ways to do it. And that is if, you know, working at a venue right. in town, loading gear in town, um, promoting a show. You know, if there's somebody like you know, like yourself, hey, I'd love to bring, I'd love to bring him in to, you know, a artist to come in and perform, and let's just start working on that. So, I did that in college. I brought in a couple bands, and yeah, you know, learned that that aspect sure as well. Um, and there are artists who want a manager, you know, and managers are relational. And so most people who call in, there's so many people, and the workload of the music industry is just overwhelming because there's less and less people working, mm-hmm. but the workload has just grown. So if you can do the work on your own, do the work on your own, mm-hmm. you know, because there's not, unless you have found an artist who, or a manager who's heard you play and is like, this is absolutely amazing. I'm going to get behind you. I'm going to open my Rolodex. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, let's take it from the other aspect, from the artist aspect for yeah. a minute. What does it take for you guys, or maybe other managers that you know in the business, for them to bring on a new artist? Mm-hmm. As you know, so from my perspective, let's say, you know, let's say I'm an artist looking for a manager. Mm-hmm. What does it take for me to approach an art a management company and say, "Hey, I, I'm, I'm looking for a manager." You know, what does it take for you to bring me on and mm-hmm. for you to be my manager? Mm-hmm. You know, for someone that's interested in, in it on that perspective, mm-hmm. what what do you say to somebody like that? Most of the time, internally, it would be if that artist, a lot of times they come, an artist has come to us if they already are with somebody else with an agency or a label. Okay, so they're um, already signed to a label. They're already usually. signed. A lot of artists will come here and say, I want a manager, but at that point, you're asking me to get you on a big tour, not sure if I'm able to do that, get you signed, not sure I believe in you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sure. get you, you know, all this extra deals where 
you're not really going to make either, not you specifically. No, yeah, no. <laughs> gonna, it, the artist is not going to make us money for three to five years. Right. And the workload's going to be a lot, you know. But if you're somebody who is like, I actually play X amount of shows a year. Mm-hmm. I'm making this much money. I need some help yeah. with my digital side of things, or I need some help with building some stuff. You know, there are those bands that come this way and we're like, wait, where's this band coming from that is from Kansas and they've got all these followers and they, you know, yeah. are really good at what they do and they just need some help crafting some songs and I think they're there, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many managers are, are doing that. It's, yeah. It kind of seems in our world, it kind of comes from the label first. Like, we found these artists, now let's build the team around them mm-hmm. on a booking agent, and a, a artist manager. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be that guy that, you know, finds somebody ridiculous, the Bieber story, you know, mm-hmm. like to be that manager is like, this guy's really got something and I'm going to shop him around town and, you know, yeah. go for it. But you don't hear that too many of those stories anymore. Right. Yeah. You know? So as far as the, in the management side, you guys don't typically take an artist and shop them to different labels. Not like they used to anymore. anymore. Yeah. I mean, they have before. I mean, when Mandisa, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whenever we, she came our way, we did that. Okay. You know, she was off American Idol though. Right. So we knew there was going to be some steam there. And so we kind of see which label we wanted to land with. So. Okay. So you, she came on to, with you guys before she went to a label? No. Uh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, man, I, I thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and your time with me and letting our listeners know what it's, it takes to be in artist management and you know they're going to hopefully take the information and run with it and yeah. and build a career for themselves and absolutely maybe somebody will reach out to you after listening to this and be like hey I want to be an artist management I want to come work for, work for true artist management and you know maybe some cool thing will happen with that who knows who knows you know? yeah but I just appreciate you and have you gone on all of your Wheel of Fortune trips yet? I have one more. <laughs> I turned 40 in January, and that's my trip to Hawaii. Oh, you're going so in, Jan- going going in January. January. Yeah, so we that's awesome. did our big trip this summer, Switzerland, and then Hawaii is in January, and then we probably will pay big taxes on all those trips in April. <laughs> <laughs> more than likely. Well, that's cool. We'll have a fun trip and uh, have fun out on the road with Toby and Mandisa and doing all those cool things you get to do. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation with Philip as we talked about artist management in the music business. Remember, Edenbrook Productions offers consulting services via phone, Skype, and FaceTime. Let us know how we can help you begin to make a living in the music industry.